0: I'm Ren Young. And I'm Katrina Vargas. And, and this, this is That Other F Word. Grits. Grits. Okay. <laughs> we, are,
1: we are here today with my super amazing buddy Afton, except she's actually not here here. She's here in spirit and digitally. Um, so Afton, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit before I like say really sweet things about you? Oh, <laughs>
2: uh, great. Yes, I would love to. So, and are you going to talk about how we met? Each other?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, oh, all right, yeah. so I'll leave that out. So uh, my name is Afton and last name Bain. I don't know if that's important, but great. Uh, and I'm a political organizer in Tennessee and Kentucky. Uh, and I actually have a podcast uh, called Grits that focuses on similar things Um, that uh, Rin and Katrina's podcast, this podcast focuses on. um, And Rin and I are really, really excited to be doing
0: this. I'm
1: really excited.
0: (laughs) We're excited to have you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So like way underselling yourself, I feel like. I mean, leaving out lots of important, fun things. So um, Afton is like, like you said, a community organizer. But like, she's like a kick. Why? Like one of the ladies you see from like one of the suffrage movies or something like that. (laughs) Like Afton spends her time like you know, like, uh, like posing like
0: sit-ins in like government buildings. And like, that—that <laughs> that is actually how she entered, like when she said, Oh, I've got this for an Afton. <laughs> she, I went her on. She does sit-ins. I was like, I'm, I'm sold. I don't need to hear anything else. Like, so she
1: literally like got <laughs> just, carried out of the governor's like, office. She's got recently. a super
0: cool name, and she does sit-ins. I don't. <laughs> I literally need to know nothing else about her. I'm, all, I'm <sighs> all about it. <laughs>
1: well, it's, it's
2: been, yeah, just briefly. I so in Tennessee, and and uh, my politics is more closely aligned with Tennessee politics um, than I think this one is, and I'm really excited to dig into the content here. But um, I this session, this legislative session was pretty violent and aggressive, um, particularly towards women. Uh, and I happen to be in Nashville, which I think it's important to note that you know a lot of our resistor sisters and feminists across the state aren't able to travel here and be in the political epicenter of the state. Um, and so I felt like Uh, the women around here, we really needed to step up and step in. And so, um, yeah, we held a two-day sit-in at the governor's office, and then I was forcibly removed from the House chamber after screaming that the Speaker of the House should resign, which was wonderful because, uh, (laughs) for your audience that doesn't know, uh, following that a, a series of three to four weeks, uh everything basically all of, the, of all of the flagrant corruption and the misogyny and the sexism and the racism simmered to the top uh and this administration was taken down by a lot of investigative reporting who are now the republicans are also calling for his resignation so um it's been uh really vindicating but just um really important that i, I feel like women really came together this legislative session to say enough is enough and we're not dealing with this anymore um, and I was just, I was really happy to be part of it. So I, I knew you were there. You two were there with me in spirit.
0: So. We were, and thank you for being there and, you know, physically.
1: Yeah, I'm really, i like all of that, watching that made me really proud to be your friend. And uh, oh. Katrina and I talk a lot about change happens in two ways. So change happens in the way that we hope this podcast inspires, which is people having really thoughtful, open-minded conversations, but also you got to storm the castle sometimes. So we're very grateful that we have friends that are doing that too. Um, which is no surprise to me. So Afton and I met, I think I've talked on this podcast before about, um, being president of the League of Women Voters here in Knoxville and the board that I had, I think I've talked about being a really, a young leader and, um, I didn't have a lot of people who were younger than me on the board. In fact, most people were probably about twice my age, which is a really interesting (laughs) leadership opportunity, um. And then Afton came along and was younger than me. And this like fierce, like ball of energy that just like changes and shifts and moves everything around her. And it was really a gift to have you on the board. And I really appreciated your energy and everything that you brought to us for the brief time that you were with us.
2: Well, I think it's, it's, and uh, once again, I don't want to dive into politics, but (laughs) we met after 2016. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I had just moved back from Europe uh, following the 2016 election and was trying to dive in. And I think processing a lot of the uh, turmoil and um, just, you know, everything that had happened, I think as women, I'm so glad I found a cathartic space with all of you to be processing this. So I just want to say I'm grateful um, for that space and for you, because I think you had a very very difficult job during a very difficult time so I just I, I want to publicly honor that in this space aw thanks Abby.
1: all right well, we have like this like I said we have this series of questions that we ask all of our guests so are you ready great Yes. Yeah. all right so number one are you a feminist of course <laughs> <Yes>. big S
0: <laughs> what do you think of about feminism
2: well I I would agree with you too, that it is heavily misunderstood, particularly in the South. I think that there is disinformation about words that highlight the strength and power of marginalized groups. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about uh, the other F word and destigmatizing the word feminism, it's the same type of work. it's it's the same. It's in the same space as de-stigmatizing um, other, you know, you know, an- st- types of anti-oppression work, and so it's it's in that realm. Um, and I'm I'm really excited that you two are um, have um, started this podcast, particularly in East Tennessee, because I do think uh, as a statewide. Organizer in the South and working in rural and remote spaces, um, that it's really important to speak your truth to power and to talk about feminism in a way that is uh, able to be grasped uh, to people who may not, um, who may be deterred from just the word because um, either they might not have the lexicon or um, you know, the societal stigmatization of these words is, is really important to unpack. And so I, um, I do agree with you that there is a lot of disinformation about the word and, um, I am just excited for this podcast because
1: I I think you're doing really important work.
0: Thank you. (laughs) So
1: (laughs) who, who do you think of when you think of feminism? Oh, oh, wow. Okay.
2: Um, I will. So I, I, I think I can offer as a, a, one of your guests, the, in the sphere of activism, uh, and the past three years since I've moved back to Tennessee, I have had the pleasure and honor of being in a space with older women, I would say. And, um, I actually keep, I have a friend who wrote a poem about older women that they hold the secrets of the world <laughs> within them, uh, in, in my wallet. And I keep it in my wallet because, uh, these these older women, particularly who fought the first wave of feminism in the '60s, and um, they are having to return to those roots and pass along the institutional information that they have accumulated throughout their years. And I have just never been surrounded by such righteous <laughs> women. And I think of and you know I don't I, I guess I can name drop, but uh, Dr. Carol Paris, who uh, is the former physician for Physicians for National, I'm sorry former president for Physicians for a National Health Program. She's been arrested twice uh, in the effort to expand health care for universal health care across the country. Um, And we interviewed her on our podcast last week. Um, And I will also say, just to bring it back uh, locally, uh, I am from Knoxville and I grew up there. And I would have to say my mom because... Uh, and I'm sure your your mother themes run through this podcast, but <laughs> oh,
1: yeah.
2: um, my mom grew up uh, very religious. Um, she would define her religion as being an occult. Uh, and for her to step out of that misogyny and that patriarchy uh, and to raise a daughter that is so fiercely independent, um, you know, she probably would not define herself as a feminist with a capital F, but I am forever indebted to her because she allowed me to be a free thinker um, and to to do what I love, which is cause trouble. So, <laughs> so I would say my mom and, and these older activist women that are that are I'm surrounded by uh, continuously at the legislature and at the federal level.
0: Awesome. Okay. So the last question we have that we always ask our guests is what is the last thing you Googled? And now if the first thing's going to get you in trouble, <laughs> you can do the second, <laughs> but you can't go down further than that. So if you're really, if you've got that long of a list of inappropriate Googles, we got to hear it.
1: <laughs> well,
2: uh, actually, so, and, and once, and I also think our, our podcast, we, you know, I'm not sure the racial equity lens in which your podcast operates, but for, Um, The last thing I googled was actually characteristics of um, white culture. Uh, And reason being is this week, I took an intensive reproductive justice training. Uh, And for those of you listening who don't know what reproductive justice is, um, it is a movement that was started by black women uh, across the country who felt like reproductive health and reproductive rights weren't representative of marginalized communities, particularly women of color. And so I took an intensive day class and I was really struck by a lot of information that for me as a a white, uh, I I tried to be a white accomplice uh, with people of color in that um, you are trying to use your privilege to lift up their issues. I was unaware of a lot of behaviors that I have that perpetuate this type of culture. So I was actually sending, I Googled uh, characteristics of um, white su- su- supremacy culture um, to send to a few of my female group leaders who had asked for more information of how to be a better ally, or a, a better um, uh, racial ally. So um, yeah. So that's, I, yeah. Fortunately I was, I was just responding to an email. So that sounds really great, but typically it's like, how far do velociraptors run? Like, what, how can I find a cute pug Hawaiian shirt? So those were the other two that precluded that one.
0: <laughs> I like the whole how fast a velociraptor's run. That, that was fun. Yeah.
2: Well, we're having a... So my boyfriend and I just... We we picked up a pug uh, off of Craigslist uh, last year. Oh, my gosh. has it really? No, no, no. Just been two months. No, three months. Anyways. But the there's a Nashville pug club and... Uh, next Wednesday they're having a pug luau so I'm oh that's awesome searching the internet for a Hawaiian pug shirt
1: um that he can wear and (laughs) adorn at his pug luau
0: there has to be one one.
1: did I hear (laughs) you say on your podcast that you were going to have this big housewarming party and the rooms were going to be themed
2: oh my gosh it was epic yeah so just just a quick snapshot so the speaker, so prior to the speaker of the House resigning uh, from all of this uh, chaos and, and everything we brought we brought to light, my my boyfriend had said if the speaker of the House resigns we are we will throw the biggest house party uh, Nashville has ever seen. So he he decided that he was going to resign and announced it. And so last weekend we threw the uh, a themed party based on his resignation. And it was amazing. First of all, we had a giant 17-foot banner on the porch that became Twitter famous because people were walking (laughs) around East Nashville and tweeting pictures of it out, which was very funny. And then my favorite part of the party was that, so uh, for those of you who aren't in Nashville or understand a lot about the state legislature and how it works, there's a state legislative press corps that um for example nashville's public radio the tennesseean which is our local new sentinel here um they all have representatives that are part of this press corps and so i printed out pictures of their faces and tied them to to threads and and taped the thread to the ceiling so that people had to walk through this sea of the press corps uh, and tried to uh, you know tried to evade them, which is what our representatives do when they don't want to make a statement. Um, and so it was just it was really really um, it was really fun. And a lot of the political uh, organizers and activists that had taken part in this effort uh, all showed up, and we had a good laugh. And um, because this was the first and. Once again, just briefly, this this legislative session um, was one of the most egregious in, in recent history. That being, in, in previous administrations, we had you know pretty moderate uh, uh, leadership, um, both at the gubernatorial and the House level, and this was the first time that we saw more extreme leadership that materialized as. Uh, really uh, discriminatory bills towards women, towards people of color. Um, And so for us to topple the speaker was a really, really big deal because he – he embodied what all of this legislation represented, so um, it was really fun, and I'm always on theme, so when y'all come to Nashville, I will uh roll out the red carpet we can have a the theme party
1: awesome, <laughs> we'll love it, so yeah, we actually uh the Tennessee, Tennessee legislature made John Oliver's show recently, which I thought was you know <laughs> we're, I love when we're we get in like really amazing shows for really terrible say like, do we love it or
0: are we a little, yeah I don't like. <laughs>
1: Gosh. well and it's I mean we made
2: we were in the New York Times almost every week right and mm-hmm. and it's really and for for those of us that have had the opportunity to travel or worked on more of a macro level either at the national level or, or in, in my case a global level you know you you understand the context in which your state operates and that's one thing when I moved back to um, to Tennessee from Europe one of the reasons I did was because uh, During uh, When I was over in Switzerland working for a refugee organization, uh, our state, the attorney general, wanted to sue the Refugee Resettlement Rights Program, our our federal program, because they didn't want to take refugees. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, understanding that these global uh, advocacy and uh, support systems for marginalized communities such as refugees only work when there are sympathetic States. Um, and Tennessee was not one of those. And so, um, and and I just want to draw a connection to the work that you're doing in this podcast, which is really, uh, working with women to help them self actualize and to understand their, uh, and maybe you wouldn't describe it as this, but understanding their worth in the world and to be, um, Uh, more outspoken about that worth and I'm sure we'll get into the content of that but all of this is so inextricably tied because if people one are in survival mode you know they're not able to self-actualize and two we're operating in these systems that um, really hurt women and and uh, and it's hard for women to step outside of that when they're not receiving another narrative so um, that's once again. I feel like I've just been <laughs> an outpour of gratitude to this podcast. That the the conversations you're having here are very very important, and they're tied to a global context. Is is the point I was trying to make?
0: Well, we're we're glad to have you. We're glad to have all your insight. And yeah. I mean,
1: we're actually recording an episode later today about the importance of being able to say no, and and how really? like effective that is, and like how important it is in like setting boundaries in your life. Um. So yeah, I think we do talk about that, and we talk about it like. In ways that are kind of like basic, but also something that a lot of people struggle with.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, and you guys were taught. It's funny you you both. And w- this is kind of we want we want to talk a lot of about a lot of things. We we're talking about us making the news. You know, you both from here, so it's like you guys. You're like, oh, well, I can't help it. I was born here. Well, I moved here, <laughs> and so <laughs> I have to it's explain your fault, it, Katrina, yeah, yeah, when I have to explain it to people outside of like my friends that I grew up with, they're like, where did you go? Like, what did you move into? And I'm like, you know, sometimes I don't know. So
1: yeah. Afton, do you think I've been kind of like watching for one of these abortion bans to pop up here in Tennessee? Mm -hmm. Do you think that's going to happen? Well,
2: I'm I'm not to get, not to get in the legal weeds of all of this, but uh, we, we effectively do have an abortion ban. It's just not the same as the other Southern states. And um, once again, I I I I don't know your audience, and so I want to make sure that I'm I'm being respectful of the conversations and subject matters that you are touching on. But um, I, I will say that uh, the South was on fire, and this this legislative session, and and my um, how I internalized it was, and I and I said this in a really long uh, written speech to my national organization that's based in D.C. that we have organizers all over the country, and I said. The South is on fire right now because of the progressive gains that women made in 2018. If you look at the new Congress at the federal level, it's the most female and diverse that it's been in, in decades. And Southern legislatures are predominantly white men and um they, as my mom says, it's the last grasp, uh, the last gasp of power, because they see a lot of these power structures folding. um, And, and so it was the last, you know, grasp to to consolidate this power. Um, And especially the abortion ban. I mean, oh, God, the testimony from from women and these men that um, you know, we'd go into these rural legislators who, you know, their their day job is being their, they own a pool contracting business and they're making public policy about women's bodies, and the reasoning behind it is, you know, purely religious. And it's just it, it was really eye opening to see how dismissive people are of women and their bodily autonomy. Um, and I'm just. You know, it's it's a sad day when we're making news for these types of bills. But the, the I will say the the light at the end of the tunnel is that this legislative session, and I won't speak for the other states, but in Tennessee and Kentucky, the progressive groups are more closely aligned and. Uh, collaborative in nature than they ever have been because we were under siege. Um, and so the, the good part is that, you know, for example, this reproductive justice training I went to that um, how we talk about the abortion bans and, and the messages that the uh, opposition are using, particularly to divide women on this issue. Um, you know, I went to a training so that I can go into these rural areas and talk about um, you know, what this means for women and the, the the right to bodily autonomy that we have as women. So, um, but it's been, you know, like I said, it's just, but the first part of all of this work is talking about feminism in a way that women um, can, can, uh, assume their powerful roles. And, you know, my mom always, I grew up with my mom saying, women are the, the superior species. So, you know, I grew up with this <laughs> already with this idea that women, you know, have, you know, we're superheroes, we can have babies and we, you know, fight amidst all the turmoil and the, and the misogyny and the patriarchy. Um, but the first part of that is unpacking the word and, and doing a lot of the work and conversations that you're having. So,
1: Does that word ever come up in work for you? I mean, does it come up with other women who you're working with or legislators who you're talking to? Does that ever come up? The word feminism? Yeah.
2: That's a really interesting question. And no, it doesn't. And perhaps because in the political sphere that is dominated mostly by, by white men, that that is still a stigmatized word. You see particularly we had a, a stop the band's protests that we collaborated with uh, Planned Parenthood we had 500 people show up and even in those spaces I don't hear, hear the word feminism and I, I and maybe that's you know this is kind of a, a, a me taking a mental note of Perhaps we, I need to start reclaiming the word in my organizing practice and using it in a way that um, is explicit and visible and outward. Because no, I don't see that word even in uh, daily activist language in planning events or uh, lobbying. I don't see that word being used. So. Um, Clearly, I'm not upholding my, uh, that other <laughs> F word. No, that's all right. M- yeah. o- MOU to use the word often. But that, that's a that's a really striking question. And, and it really, um, I'm going to have to do some thinking about that because I, I don't use it in my
1: practice and I haven't heard it being used in the political space. Well, that's a, I guess I'm more, so I'm more surprised that you don't hear it when you're working with like groups like Planned Parenthood and stuff. But I felt for sure you were going to hear it like with some like, rural Republican legislators talking Call about, like, nasty feminists. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, we usually get, so.
2: Ooh, okay, yeah, no good, so actually, the last time I've heard the word, um, and, and this is probably a conversation for another day, but um, <laughs> just briefly for your audience, there is a sitting rural state legislator that... Has is a credible credible sexual uh, abuser. He was a high school basketball coach and, and he uh, sexually abused underage girls when he was a basketball coach. Um, and we went down there so in 2018, we were down in his rural district knocking doors, and the uh speaker of the house, who <laughs> recently resigned, ran digital ads calling us. Uh, radical socialist feminists being bussed in to take out men in this area. So they spent money on digital ads using the word feminist in a derogatory way uh, to stoke fear in this rural Tennessee town. And honestly, I was the only one from outside of this area. Most of the women were from there. Um, so actually that's the last time that I've heard it used. And so now that I'm thinking about it, it's, it's, I'm, that is something that I will, I will put on my to-do list is to make sure that I am, using the word in spaces that are trying to reclaim it, particularly in the p- political sphere, because um, that is the last time I've heard the word. And it was used uh, to, <laughs> uh, to stoke fear about women being in this area, talking about politics. And just to give your audience an idea of, um, cause I probably knocked 800 rural doors um, across the state, but um, you know, I would, I would knock walk up to a door and, I would say, I'm there to speak about this campaign and the upcoming election. And, and the uh, uh, woman would come to the door and she'd say, oh, I have to go get my husband. You're talking about oh, politics. Gosh. I have to go get my husband. And I, that, I wish that was the anomaly. It was not. Um, that happened probably you know three out of every 10 houses that we knocked. Um, and that was in, in, in rural Tennessee. And so what was very clear and, and what I hope that you know, your podcast and my podcast, um, you know, this type of education campaign around these issues, because particularly in the, for rural Tennessee women, um, they really only hear one narrative about feminism, which is from their their church pastors, from their local elected officials, from their husbands. And there's no space like we have right now to talk about these issues. Um, and so one of the projects that I'm really excited about um, this summer is that we're going to be working on rural gender justice convenings. Um, and that's not what it looks like, like a big women's march, but in rural areas, it's more who are the 10 people in your circle that you may have had a conversation around you and who can you bring into your kitchen living room to have a conversation like you, Mm -hmm. uh, Rin, Katrina, and Afton are having right now. Um, And so that's a project I'm really excited about. But um, with regard to the word feminism, yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to have to reclaim that after having
0: this conversation. and And it's funny. So, and then, you know, your podcast, Grits, which stands for Girls Raised in the South, you have a lot of good points that, so for me, who was not raised in the South, Being called girl. Mm. When I came here, I was like, don't call me a girl. I'm a grown (laughs) woman. You know, I'm 30 years old by the time I moved to the South. And it's just so I think that you guys doing that is kind of what we're doing with feminism, right? You're taking back like girls and like just because you're raised in the South. So I had this little um, incident. A friend of mine was at work. She is a lesbian. She was on FaceTime with her girlfriend. And one of the older guys that works with her came up and actually put his two hands, her, his hands on her face and kissed her. (gasps) So, okay. So aside from that being completely inappropriate, her girlfriend (laughs) asked her what she did to cause that. And this is, and I said to her, I was like, what? And she's like, she was raised in the South and that's a thing. And I was like, "What are you talking about?" And so it's like basically, if you get a, an advance by a man in the South, it's something you did to cause it. And that's this is a foreign something to me. And I think you all, um, Afton, you and Anna, talking about these things too on from the Southern ladies' side of things, um, also helps these these discussions and dialogues and makes everybody realize it's not okay, even though that's what you were raised with and that's what you've always thought was okay. Things like this, this is how we reclaim right. all of those words and the stance and things. And it's just, it's always mind-boggling the differences. We, we didn't grow up that far apart. There's only one state in between where you and I grew up. And the differences, though, are so <laughs> marked. Florida is only geographically well, the and, South. And, and, and mind you, so <laughs> even Flo- that's correct. But no, but even North Florida is very Southern. It's very much like this. It's very Bible Belt. I just happen to grow up in South Florida, which is a whole nother country. Like, we are just completely different. It right. was like, I'm like, look, yeah, I'm a real Southerner. Like, I'm the <laughs> furthest South you can possibly get, but it's such, it's like a completely different it's a Different world. culture. This yeah. is such a, it, it's here, it seems like this small little thing that people just don't leave or don't realize there's other stuff outside of. And so, you know, you all in your podcast, you all, you getting dragged out of buildings is is so wonderful <laughs> and helpful um, because the people in your community, you know, see it, and so it's just it's just interesting, and I, I, I've even more enlightened. I've been here ten years now. When I started listening to your podcast and looking at your things, I was pretty impressed by. It well, and ha- you have, <laughs> and
2: and the whole, and I know, and I know you've touched on this. I can't remember which episode it was, but um, you know, the whole respectability question around women and. At the legislature, if you are loud, you are, you know, they, they, they radicalize you. And I, I've been told, you know, we, we've written letters, we have called, we have used all of the traditional channels to talk about these issues from a feminist perspective. And guess what? They weren't listening. And so, when you have to do something as radical as hold a sit-in in in the governor's office because he refuses to make a statement about a sexual predator that remains in the legislature, as young girls are coming to the Capitol to tour it, 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 you know, it's it's that same idea that when you are, when women have a reaction about something, and we'll talk about this in the content, that you're crazy and you're radical, Mm -hmm. and it's like we we have tried to utilize all of the respectable traditional channels that you are telling us to contact our representatives by, and it's not working and you're not listening. Um, and so, you know, I I just, I just, you know, I, I, this session has been particularly eye-opening in that realm that, you know, as women, it is, it is important and we'll talk about taking up space, but, you know, take up space like these white men in bow ties do. I mean, take up space in these committee rooms. I mean, they will launch into these 15 minute diatribes about their low, you know, their high school basketball career. And it's like, you, you're about to ban abortion at six weeks. And so I think, um, what I hope your audience takes away from this is that, you know, women are, we are entered a new wave of feminism in the South when we are under siege, um, from all of these really harmful and societal systems that are, that are physically and emotionally beating us down. Um, and I'm excited because it's time to reclaim our time. And I feel like I'm, um, uh, who's the representative from California. That's like reclaiming my time. Reclaiming my
0: time. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. You actually said the take up space, like a white guy in a bow tie. Cause that's one that really stuck with Rin, I think. Yeah, and like, I love that, you know, um, a, a lot of those that it, 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 what you're saying is, you know, that's our, it's you're speaking our language. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 All right. Afton, I think we're going to probably cl- bring it to a close here. But is there anything else you would like to tell our listeners? Um, and we went, mish- um, the- uh, yeah,
2: mm-hmm. I would just, you know, I, I think, I don't know the spectrum of your audience. Ours are mostly policy nerds <laughs> and my boyfriend <laughs> basically. Um, <laughs> but i will say that it, even if advocacy is foreign to you there is something that you can do and i you know i think back like rin has always been involved i have always been you know kind of involved but this type of advocacy that is necessary right now to fight these these sexist and misogynistic administrations um, it, you know, a little goes a long way. Even if you, you know, I work with people with chronic, women with chronic illness, and it's like all they can do is promote and amplify on a, in a digital space. Great. Um, but even if you're new to advocacy, please, please find, you know, your local um, Planned Parenthood or the League um, and get involved because we, we just, there's no, especially if you have the privilege um, that you have, um, you know, resources and time to do all these things it's 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 more important than ever to get involved because um it's it's just you know we are we are I, I hate to use i hate to use militaristic terminology but we are we are at war right now and um so just even a little bit goes a long way so please 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 get involved um if you're not and and rin and katrina i'm sure can plug you into those opportunities
0: awesome. all right well Afton, thank you so much. We really appreciate everything you're doing. We appreciate you being on. We appreciate you getting dragged out of uh, Capitol buildings and whatnot. (laughs) Um, We do wish, we are absolutely there with you every time you're there. And um, hopefully one day physically I can, I'll I'll join you. I don't know if Rin is going to sit in and get dragged out of a building, Uh, but. I might. She might.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) She's the nice one though. So I'll I'll come and be the mean one. She (laughs) she can be the one that like throws flowers at them and stuff. (laughs) <laughs>
1: like, <laughs> I'll go put like pow, like yeah,
0: yeah. You yeah. will. You'll <laughs> hand everybody a flower. Yeah, like yeah, it's lovely. It's fine. Well, thank you again, and thank you for everything you're doing. And everybody, listen to grits. Um, I think it. I think you'll like it. If you want more of what Afton's got, um, and we appreciate you, Afton.